0: another broadcast another weekend man the time really goes by doesn't it i'm brother matthew and this is christian coffee time thank you so much for joining in this is where we sit down to study the word of god and fellowship one with one another studying the word of god the words of christ our lord and savior our god and king jesus the christ so we're going to be diving into the word of god today we're going to be answering some questions looking at some different topics and I hope that you brought your Bibles, notepads, and pens. And, of course, you got your tea, you got your coffee. So, so, we got a few things on the board. And we're going to be taking a look at those. we got some emailing questions as well. So, if you have any other comments, questions, issues, insights, anything at all that you would like to discuss, please go ahead, ask away. And we be glad to hear from you. <clears throat> okay, so, now... This past week we've been going through the Gospel of Luke and uh, we've been kind of taking our time looking at some different things and the last study on Luke chapter 5 verse 11 we were looking at the the depth of the meaning of the calling of Christ in verse 11 uh, where he invited them to follow him it says and they forsook all and followed him. What does that mean in its fullness? What's the picture behind it? We we took a look at the mind and the heart and the attitude and the circumstances. We investigated the whole life of the individual of Peter there, in the calling and uh, how, uh, what would have been going through him and we took some artistic license, of course, and you know just kind of place ourselves there. Well, how would we feel? What would be going through our mind if we put ourselves there and we saw this individual named Jesus, asking us to follow him that we do not at at that moment know the fullness of this man but there's something about him we see the miracle that he did and the uh, and how that would have affected the heart and mind so i hope that you watch that video Uh, it's luke chapter five part two give that a watch and share that around, and let us know what you think as well folks if you have any comments questions issues insights anything else at all please go ahead ask away fire it away in the comments this is saturday this is q a day so whatever's on your heart on your mind we will discuss it here hopefully so uh the first thing i want to address is to make sure everything's working well i know we tried a few different things in the um in the feed to make sure the audio and the video and all this are working well together please let me know If the audio video are okay let me know if there's any glitches or any of that kind of thing and uh, we'll try to work around it so yeah all right so in the news the past while we've been seeing a lot of conflict over in Israel between the Jews and the Philistines now a lot of people they don't know why I say that well it's because that's what they are the the word pal, palestine palestinian uh, actually is derived from the from the word philistia philistia in the bible as uh, we actually see uh, see that in scripture where philistia is where we get philistine so palestinian is actually just a modern evolution of philistine so as we see the philistines attacking the jews in the bible that's all that this is today it's the same thing now, uh, how should we go about, you know, approaching this topic? And you know, we want to be careful. We want, we want to, you know, want to be biblical. We want to be Christ-like in our response. And, of course, we don't hate other, other groups, other peoples, other people groups, any of that kind of thing at all. So how do you approach this kind of a topic? We're seeing the wars over in the Middle East and all this kind of stuff and the battles and the conflicts and this stuff. How do we approach this? Well, we just got to say, okay, well, what does the Bible say? Well, first off, Israel belongs to the Jews. That's the promise of Abraham. That's what uh, God said to Abraham. And that Abraham would inherit this uh, this patch of land, this this uh, this area. And this is given to Abraham and to his seed. And this, uh, so we see the promise of Abraham goes from Abraham to Isaac ishmael was not the was not the promised son son that god would give to abraham it it went down to isaac so this is where the conflict comes in they say because ishmael is of abraham that they also have have right well that's not exactly accurate because again it's isaac is the promised is the promise given So Abraham to Isaac to Jacob and all the way down now the Jews the Jews are the descendants of Isaac from Abraham and the Arabs those are of the descendants of Ishmael so that's where the issue comes in now the Palestinians again they tried just to take the land as they always have they tried with Goliath and with many others and they've always failed so I do not celebrate in any way shape or form that the warring conflicts that kind of thing absolutely I do not um but you know the land does belong to the Jews it is Israel's land and if you don't like that then you're calling God a liar and you got a bigger problem than just that. So I stand with Israel. I stand with the Jews 100% and they are allowed to defend their land. That's my opinion and if you don't like that well tough. It's my opinion. I'm entitled to my opinion. So so what do you think? What's your thoughts? Now again, we want to be careful, and if you have differing opinions, okay, we differ, but let's let it's not get to contention or strifes or or fightings or bickerings. If I see any of that kind of thing, yeah, that will be cut short real fast. But again, let's look at what Scripture says. What does Scripture say? Then can I argue with it really? So that's just my thoughts on this. And again, is this a sign of the end of times? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we would see in scripture that wars, or rumors of wars and pestilences and famines and plagues and all these things will grow more and more and earthquakes and all this stuff in diverse places. So yeah, and especially the rising of unrest in the Middle East. It will get worse and worse and worse and worse until an individual stands up. And says, I know how to make peace in the Middle East. And he's able to sign a seven-year peace treaty in the Middle East. Once we see that kind of thing happening, a guy standing up and doing that, you better start packing your bags, folks, because we're going home. So we just keep watching, keep listening, keep seeing what's going on. And just watch the news with your Bible open and be ready. All right. So, yeah, we stand with Israel. okay now question here Okay, where to go uh angela says one of my bible says uh, on uh, the book of revelation revelation from oh comments are moving revelation from john the divine that's not right is it catholic no well no um that's just fancy wording the book of revelation is scripture uh, just some different Bibles have different titles for the different books. Let's see, what, what does mine say, actually? I actually don't know what mine says Is at the beginning of the title of Revelation. Yep, yeah, the Revelation of St. John the Divine. Well, <laughs> John was not divine. Now, it should say the Revelation of St. John from the Divine. So, uh, that's the wording there. So, you can actually just take a pen and where you see that, and under Revelation of John the Divine, just scratch that out. It's not necessary. Uh, different Bibles have different titles and whatever. No, it's not Catholic or any of that kind of thing. It's just people are just trying to be fancy with the titles. It's the book of Revelation. That's all it is. It's the book of first john book of second john book of third john it's the book of uh romans it's the gospel of matthew it's what it is so just simplify it so you can scratch out the divine just scratch that out it's no worries okay um angela did john dream the things he saw in revelation or did he actually see it well let's take a look now if we go to revelation chapter 1 okay now okay where is the verse now if we go to okay Revelation chapter 1 verse 10 Revelation chapter 1 verse 10 Now, we see from verse 1 to 9 is the introduction. And then he starts in verse 10 of Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. He describes what happened. And he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. What does that mean? He was in the spirit of worship. And he was uh, studying the word and he was conversing with the Lord. He was in prayer and he was in the spirit. That means In meditation of, in worship of, in devotion to the Spirit of God. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And then uh and then it then we see what happens here is the the Lord brought John in vision. The Lord gave to John visions of the end of days and showed him all these things. It wasn't a dream. He didn't imagine it. It was an hallucination. It was an actual vision of God. It was that the Lord opened John's eyes and opened his, his John's ability to be able to see and perceive these things. And then the Lord then told John to write down those things which the Lord showed him. So that's what happened there. Okay. Hold up one second (laughs) Okay, we have a Hebrew Israelite a black Hebrew Israelite in the audience today Okay, Dimitri, um, I Think you need to go back and read your Bible Um, You're completely wrong Uh, No offense, but the as you st- stated, the African Americans are not Jews. They are not the Jews of Israel. Uh, you got that completely wrong. You need to go back and actually study actual territory and locations of things and also see that, because according to the Black Hebrew Israelite doctrine, only those of that race, of the Black. Uh, uh, black Africans uh, can only go to heaven and all the rest and that no salvation is outside of that well you got a big problem because the word of God as a whole massively contradicts that so the black Abraham's light doctrine is unbiblical unfounded they reject the salvation according to scripture they do not believe in salvation by grace through faith by belief alone and so yeah so Dimitri is completely wrong and is a preacher of false gospels here and so the uh, the BHI uh, organization is massively unbiblical. They do not research the Bible uh, uh, in its uh, entirety. They reject the New Testament, and they only hold to Old Testament. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to earn their salvation by works and law keeping, which they themselves do not even understand the law. And they don't understand how the Lord's salvation has come to all the world, not just to one race or one people group. We see even uh, Jonah, the prophet Jonah, going to Nineveh. uh, uh hundred and twenty thousand Gentile uh, 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 Gentiles in Nineveh got saved by the preaching of Jonah. Nebuchadnezzar, Gentile emperor of Babylon, got saved, and wrote Daniel chapter four. And we see where the Lord's salvation has come to all the world, not just to one one group of people. So they don't even understand what they're saying. And no, Africa's not Israel. Um kinda need to go and study your globe. Alright. Okay, so I always get a kick out of that. I'm just going to Okay, where'd it go? Remove that. It's nonsense. Okay. <laughs> Roman has a question. Will the Antichrist be someone who was raised as a kid here? Or will the Antichrist manifest man himself blah, manifest himself out of thin air? Won't people ask where did he come from? Now, if we actually take a look, I have a bit of dyslexia with certain words. And especially when I'm a bit tired, it gets worse. So, um, no. The scriptures talk about the Antichrist as being a man being a man here on earth and uh, now how exactly will this work now there's uh, when you study daniel joel uh the the mentions of the end times throughout the gospels and uh, the thessalonians jude and then revelation there's a bunch of other books are paired together if you want to know more in depth on this please go check out our uh, bible study series on the book of revelation that we have here on our channel uh, put out by pastor paul and he's a great scholar of the book of revelation He's a specialist on revelation he put together a class style uh, study series on revelation and you go check that out he goes verse by verse through the whole book it's great um no with the man uh, he'll be a man like uh, an individual like you and i uh, but uh, he will uh, be positioning himself in places of power uh, now, he'll come out of a place with kings, rulers of the world. Now, it's theorized that's the UN because it talks about the woman who rides the beast. And it's interesting, it's just interesting, that outside of the UN headquarters is a giant statue of a woman riding a beast. And uh, and how they'll take control of the world and try to control the world by, uh, by a one world government, one world power, one world religion. This all comes out and we can see it being driven by the UN so he'll, he'll be a man he'll be a politician he'll be going forward to conquer and he says it, it with a bow but no arrows so it goes to show he's not doing it through war or threatening but flatteries and lying deceit and all the world will love him so he'll come forward as a politician conquering in that way so that's how they step up but this man is possessed with lucifer himself and that's what scriptures show there so no he won't, he won't just appear like that no he'll be he'll come up come out of the nations and he'll stand up as one who has power and all the world will love him so yeah um okay going on vice versa how many times will god forgive us and is there a certain time that he will give up on one according to the word of god the forgiveness of god Is everlasting it's that's why it's called the grace of God Uh, grace is undeserved favor unmerited now uh, again there's his grace is infinite his mercy his uh, redemption is infinite so so is his uh, long-suffering to usward now there is an aspect we look at now if we are honest and sincere about this and we make a mistake and we come to the Lord and the uh, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm truly sorry. Forgive me. And we're honest about this. You know, we hate our sin. We hate it when we make a mistake. We hate it when we disobey the Lord and it bothers us. It grieves us, upsets us. This shows a right heart attitude. The Lord will forgive that and there's no limit. But there's no limit to that. And There's not one single person who's able to actually overcome their sin and never sin again. That's just not... Thing. you you can't become sinless so the issue that comes in here is those who sin and there is no remorse they become stubborn rebellious the spoiled rotten brat uh, who is who refuses to repent re, refuses to turn, the, turn from these things and like the prodigal son goes off and wallows in their iniquity is still a son of his father but these individuals this is where the Lord will start to chastise He'll start to discipline and chastise, and he'll start to uh, convict and draw in that way. Now, if an individual refuses the conviction of God, refuses the chastisement, the chastisement will start to get worse and worse and worse, just like a parent. When the child refuses to obey, the discipline gets a little worse, a little worse, a little worse, and trying to get their attention. Now, the Lord has another thing, though, where we see with Ananias and Sapphira, and we see in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, that if the sin is of a certain severity, and there's no remorse, and there being a serious problem child of God, the Lord will just take them home. That's it. You're, you're done. You're done here. Let's go. And uh, actually, what will happen is the Lord will actually take their life. Like Ananias and Sapphira, 1 Corinthians 5, 5, To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit was might be saved in the day of the lord jesus so your spirit is still saved you're still saved but but we see the lord actually allowing your life to come to an end and he just takes you home because this world has become such a problem to you he's just going to take you right out of it so give that some thought there's some people who think that they can just get away with whatever they want while they're forgetting to study the doctrines of the chastisement the discipline of god where it can even entail taking your life alright now vice versa has a question here is it better for a Christian to be married or single Apostle Paul actually talked on that one uh, where Apostle Paul was a bit biased and this is where he actually states in the scriptures that this is his opinion and it's not necessarily a teaching of a doctrine of God but it's rather his opinion in this as they are asked, he was asked. Well, people ask well how could he write his opinion in scripture then well if an individual is literally an apostle of Jesus Christ and dwelt with the spirit of God a writer of holy scripture when if he has some thoughts do you not think that his thoughts and opinions are going to be in line and honoring unto holy scripture of God so yeah so the Lord would allow him to write that in so anyways he says well to be married is great and it's better to marry to, than to burn that means to burn in desire where you desire to have a companion desire to be married um, it's better to marry than to burn but if you can if you can refrain if you can uh, control yourself it's better to be single because it's easier to serve the lord single uh, because there's not other things to uh, you have to look after and help and and provide for it's easier to provide for one than to provide for two that's what he's getting at so if you actually want to get it get into service of the lord it's better to be single but then again that there is no compulsion to to be single uh, it, marriage is an honorable thing, as the Bible says, as Paul even says. Marriage is honorable and sacred and holy. It's a special thing given of God. There's nothing wrong with getting married at all, whatsoever. It's just that if you want to work for the Lord, it's just easier to do it single. That's all that Paul meant. So, I'll I'll, uh, give that over to Paul. Okay, Olga. Will the Antichrist fulfill some of the prophecies about the Messiah like born in Bethlehem? No. No. Um, I don't recall anything like that in scripture at all about the Antichrist. Um, there's nothing about that um, He will set himself up as one with great power and uh, great abilities of speech and um, Persuasion As uh, it says that the world will love him so that there's there's something about him where he is able to entice and draw people everywhere he goes Uh, All the world will love him. Now, all the world, Now, this is all religions will love him. All uh, all countries and civilizations and groups will love him. He'll be accepted of all the world. Uh, This is what scripture shows about the Antichrist. So it's not that he'll be fulfilling prophecies, it's that he'll be setting himself up as one to be accepted. That's what he's going for. And then when he makes peace in the Middle East, that will be the first step in allowing the Jews to build the third temple. And when the third temple is built, he will step in and he will call himself God. And all the world will believe him. Except for those who are actually born again saved. Now, that will be interesting because there will be something about this man then. Where he will be trying to set himself up as the savior, the God of all world religions universalism so this guy will actually be a promoter of the heresy the false belief of universalism that it doesn't matter what you believe in we're all we all believe in the same god and i'm the god of of the aztecs i'm the god of the muslims i'm the god of the hindus i'm the god of that's what he'll do that all religions are just worshiping me and he he'll try to prove this because he's Lucifer, he will have supernatural abilities and he'll be manifesting supernatural abilities uh, To back up his statements. So that's what he'll be doing So yeah, um Hey <laughs> yeah, advice. Yeah, there's a lot of those uh, BHA guys over on Periscope. Yeah, there's a lot um... <laughs> um, Yeah, it's funny I um... Back in my earlier days, uh, a little while ago, um, over on Periscope, yeah, I got in a lot of debates with BHI, the Blackie Brewers, the Lights and, months, and people of all different groups. It was crazy. Not so much here on YouTube. Once in a very great while, someone will come in. It was more often over on Periscope. I kind of miss it from time to time, actually. Not much, but I do miss it a little bit. Um, yeah, and speaking of the Black Paper Israelites, it's kind of funny. I, I'm just going to bring it up again because it's, it's one of the highlights of my life. Really, it was. It, I thought it was one of the most hysterical things that has ever happened to me in the Christian Copy Time Ministry. Uh, so there is this one individual who, who went off the rails and... Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, now, where I'm located... Uh, we, we had some problems with our internet connection so when I'm doing broadcasts, the feed would get really glitchy uh, from time to time and uh, the audio video would not be synced up well and it would get really grainy really grainy really glitchy and I would move and then there would be a little delay and then the blur of the move you know it's you know what I mean it's really glitchy feed it would be like that for, for a little while sometimes throughout the feeds Anyways, so what happened was this individual who uh, went off the rails took one of my videos where it was really glitchy and sent the video over to a, a notable BHI speaker on YouTube and told this Black Hebrew Israelite speaker that. I'm a reptilian <laughs> that I'm a reptilian alien demon creature and that this video is proof of it because if you watch the video you see the video uh, where I move and it's, uh, for a second there I have a couple extra eyes and my mouth morphs and whatever in the glitch feed because of the <laughs> connection and there's lucky reason I actually took the video believed that put the video up and started promoting that I'm a reptilian I'm an Anunnaki reptilian alien demon (laughs) and you wouldn't believe the amount of people who believed that liked that video commented that it's the most amazing uh, the strongest proof there is and that I'm an official reptilian so I think I thought that was absolutely hysterical. One of the funniest things that has ever happened to me that it tr- is truly one of the highlights of my ministry. So I always joke with my family whenever we're talking about history, we're talking about Egypt and the pyramids or whatever. I always, I always uh, pipe up and fire away. Oh, yeah, oh I know. I, I was there. I, I'm a reptilian, right? You remember? So I was there. I actually helped build the pyramids. <laughs> so the black Israelites don't really have much clout because they believe in reptilian crazy and anarchy demon alien things and that apparently i'm a reptilian and they believe in they have to earn their salvation by works and they call themselves jews when they are not that's literally what the bible talks about that they call themselves jews but they are not it's a demonic cult they also they also demonize jesus so they don't have much clout all right So going down through the comments. Okay. All right. So got some here. Okay. Roman says, is it wrong that I'd rather go to a Catholic church than to a modern day nightclub strobe lights church? Well, they're both corrupt. There isn't much value in either. Church that modernizes itself and where they have to use like rock groups, rock bands and strobe lights and fog machines and all, all that kind of stuff to try to draw in a crowd. That goes to prove that they don't have much doctrine. Uh, they're just compromising themselves and watering themselves down. You get just about just as much value out of that kind of a place as you would a Catholic church. So they're both corrupt. They're both in the same basket as far as I, I'm i concerned. Um, yeah, I wouldn't go to either that's my opinion. Alright, so Roman says, Can I not go to a Catholic church and still praise Jesus but not praise statues of Virgin Mary? No. Uh, it's There's virtually, virtually no difference uh, going to a Catholic church or going to a Buddhist temple. Or going to a Hindu temple. Or going to a Muslim mosque. Uh, because Catholicism is a is a pagan false gospel. Catholicism is not scriptural, is not biblical by any stretch of the imagination. That people who believe in Roman Catholicism are not saved and go to hell. Uh, That's what Roman Catholicism is. It's in the same basket as Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Sikhism, Shintoism, and all the rest of them, Seventh-day Adventism, um, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness. Uh, So yeah, no, it's... it's literally saying like same logic as can I go to a Muslim mosque and praise Jesus but not believe in Islam? No. Uh, that is not honorable unto God whatsoever. Uh, it'd be better to go out to a grassy field, go to the beach, or go into the woods, or go somewhere else. Uh, just stay in your house. Uh, do not go to pagan temples and pagan churches, and think that that you can just you can praise God in there and not partake. No, you are partaking by stepping foot on their 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 ground in their temples, so don't go to their places. Okay. Um, Olga has a question. I'm worried that I won't recognize the signs and will get deceived by the Antichrist. No, it it won't be possible. Uh, Those who are born again saved. Okay. This is how it works. If we are alive at the time, okay, okay, When all this fires off the Antichrist steps up and starts enacting all this kind of stuff okay the first steps as we'll be seeing is paying attention to the news as you know, also know by the scripture and what will happen is going on in the Middle East between uh, between uh, the Israel and the Philistines is it'll get worse and worse and worse and you're listening to the news you will see that an individual steps up and he he'll make peace and you'll be seeing the third temple will start to be built okay when you hear this that there's that there's that they're making peace in the middle east and it turns out to be a seven year peace treaty and that they're building the third temple all of the red the red flags all the bells will be going off and let alone all of this be even just seeing the main signs of this the spirit of god will be giving you discernment you will not be deceived by the antichrist because the spirit of god won't let you as scripture says if it were even possible meaning it's not that it will be almost but it's not if it were even possible the very elect would be deceived that means it'll be so powerful so persuasive that that uh, people will be believing it by droves but not the believers this the saved it'll be so powerful that we'll be like really taken by it but the spirit of god holds us back the spirit of god is what protects us you will not be deceived by the antichrist because the spirit of god won't let you on top of which you will also be seeing the signs in accordance to scripture and which will help clarify these things so don't need to worry about that you will not be deceived by the antichrist okay um Okay, Ted Shields has a question here. Can you talk about the church as the body of Christ and the role of the Catholic Church, which for over 15 centuries was not the only option? No, it wasn't. That is a common Common propaganda lie of the Roman Catholic Church itself. That's a common, very common uh, propaganda lie of the Roman Catholic Church, Roman Catholic cult. Roman Catholicism never was, is not, and never will be the Church of God. It never was in line with Scripture. It never did teach the true biblical gospel. It it did not start with Jesus it it it, that uh, it never was the true church at any point down through history whatsoever it never was the only option that is a common 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 roman catholic propaganda lie that they try to use to justify themselves even remotely by some point so what happened all right now the church started with jesus christ and they were called Christians first at Antioch uh, within the uh, within the first uh, first little bit first little while of the uh, foundation after Pentecost they're called Christians first at, at, at Antioch now the born again Christians as they spread out the gospel all across the, the world they started going everywhere and they started uh, being very uh, started growing they started becoming very powerful in its impact now you skip ahead 300 years. Okay? Uh, 300 years later, we see Roman Emperor Constantine, who was not a Christian. He was a pagan Roman. He was not a Christian. That's another propaganda lie of the Roman Catholic Church that he was a Christian. No, he was not. Peter was not a pope. The papacy thing is sheer blasphemy. It's sheer blasphemy and heresy. That's a. Uh, Anyways, I digress. But Roman Emperor Constantine, what he wanted to do is he wanted to unite his empire, the Roman Empire, but he did not want to use military force. He did not want to use war in any way, shape, or form that way. He wanted to approach it by a different way. So he approached it by religion. Because he saw as well that the great schisms all throughout the empire and politics and religion and everything else He wanted to unite under one banner try to bring all the people together as a whole So he worked in fashioning the Roman The universal Church of the Roman Empire Catholic means universal So the Roman Catholic Roman Universal so the universal Church of the Roman Empire now what he did is he grabbed grabbed all of the religions of the roman empire dumped them all into one big pot put christianity on top mixed it all up pulled it out and he created the roman catholic church universal church of the roman empire set up his own bishops his own scholars his own theologians his own uh, teachers and all this stuff, and this is where the Roman Catholic Council of Trent, the Roman Catholic Council of Nicaea, and all of these were formulated to figure out their doctrines of their religion. Now, what was happening while the while the Roman Catholic cult was in its formation? The true Christians are always there. There have always been offshoots. We see Mormonism. We see Jehovah's Witness. We see Seventh-day Adventism. We see all the other different little cults and offshoots and branches and all this stuff all along. And Catholicism is no different. It's no different. It just, it's just one of the earlier cults that came out, that, that uh, offshoots of the devil trying to find ways to fight against the born-again Christians. Now, the uh, outside of the, of the Catholic cult, we see the born-again Christians are actually given a name. You can actually research this. They were actually given a title, given a name by the Roman Catholic cult. They were called the Anabaptists. Which what does that mean? That means re-baptizers. Because to be a part of the Roman Catholic cult, you have to be baptized to be saved. Baptismal regeneration, which is heresy, blasphemy, according to the word of God. It's false gospel. So you get water baptized to get saved and to uh, be converted to Catholicism. And then when people would get converted into born-again Christianity, they would leave Catholicism, they would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then get baptized. And According to the Catholics, they see them getting baptized again, so they were called re-baptizers. And the born-again Christians are always uh, hated, slaughtered, persecuted, butchered by the Catholic cult all the way down through the age ever, ever since right up to the 1500s where we start seeing the Reformation. So the 15, 1500 years of terror by, by Catholicism is what you're actually referring to they were a terror unto born again christians they were never were uh, they never were of god it never was of god it does not teach the proper biblical gospel they paganize christianity and let alone they don't actually change things much what they do is like that's why in haiti you can be a good catholic and still go to heaven even if you're a practitioner of voodoo because the catholics the catholics in catholicism what they do is they take over an area and they just adopt the religion of the area and just catholicize it so that's why in haiti you can be a practitioner of voodoo not voodoo voodoo which is catholic voodoo So that's how they do this. So you can still maintain your practices just as long as you just bring in the Catholic practices in addition to. So it's a complete pagan cult. And so they they were not they were not the only option there was. That's a complete propaganda lie of Roman Catholicism. They always were a pagan cult. It never was a true church. They did not canonize our Bible. they canonized their own. and so there's so many lies that Catholics actually are deceived by that Catholicism teaches. It's insane. So yeah. all right. So i hope that addresses that one okay bhi what is bhi that's black hebrew israelite that's the uh hebrew israelite called the hebrew roots movement um yeah yeah some of you actually are from uh periscope yeah it, it's been uh, a long time yeah th- uh, god bless you folks uh, those of you who have been here ever since the beginning yeah, that, those are quite the days. Those are quite the years. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Debates like crazy. A lot of drama. A lot of crazy stuff going on there. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I kind of miss it. Um, okay. Okay, Vice Versa has a question on a Bible passage. That's Luke chapter 14, verse 26. And we got okay so Luke chapter 14 starting at verse 25 and there went great multitudes with him and he turned and said unto them if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brethren and sisters yea and his own life also he cannot be my disciple what does he mean by there Now, this is why it's so important to study the words, to study the meanings of the words and study the context and pairing scripture with scripture and going across and not just cherry-picking a verse, cherry-picking a word and trying to build a doctrine of this. We see the word hate and we immediately think of, it immediately conjures up an understanding uh, according to our opinion of what of what we think it means, hate as being a negative, aggressive thing, as as you dislike them and you hate them and you put them. No, 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 no. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying you need to hate your mom and dad and hate your family in how we understand this. Now, this thought here, when we research the meaning of the word, in the context of we see uh, throughout the scriptures about the position of the Lord uh, in our life. The idea is that how we uphold our our family the Lord is lifted so high that in comparison it would look like as if you don't like them because you'd be willing to leave your family for the Lord. It's not that you hate them, you dislike them. It's that the hold that you have on them and the hold that you have on the Lord is not equal. That you would hold on to the Lord more than your family. You'd be willing to let your family go for the Lord. You'd be willing to die for your Lord more than your family. That's what this is giving. That, that in comparison, you look at it, it looks as if like you don't like your family because you'd be willing to leave them. You'd be willing to separate yourself. You'd be willing to let them go for the Lord's sake. That's what that's saying. That's what that's meaning when you uh, do a crossover. It's in here. This is why we got to be very careful about just... Uh, about just reading not studying and uh trying to bring out our own thoughts on certain words and stuff without doing the cross references. so it's so important to pair scripture with scripture rightly divide the word of truth okay so roman says so are the christians in the ninth century so sorry so were the christians in the ninth century wicked they praise god acknowledge him as savior isn't it better to worship god isn't it better to worship God than none no, at all? I'm sorry I don't understand your comment. Let me try to read this again. Christians in the ninth century wicked? No. They praised God, acknowledged him as Savior. To worship God than none at all. Um Well I'm still very confused on your comment. I'm sorry. I'm not 100 percent sure what you mean. I'm trying I'll try to guess what you're getting at, but okay now you say worship god but not no, but which god the god of the catholics is not the god of the bible the god of the muslims is not the god of the bible the god of seventh-day adventists and mormons and Jehovah's witnesses and 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 all the rest is not the god of the bible you need to be worshiping the only true god the, the only right god and how do we know which one it is You've got to study the word of god and first john five twenty, jesus christ is the true god and eternal life that, uh, as we see in Scripture, I'll pull up the verse here. First Timothy 3:16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. And that's Jesus. And as we go back to the Old Testament, we see the prophecies. So. Jesus is the Christ the mighty God manifested in the flesh and if you're not worshiping the only true God According to the standard as the Lord says Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life No man comes unto the Father, but by me that 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 all religions don't take you to heaven that you don't just live up to The light you have you got to live up to the light that the Lord has given the only true light that sh- now shines in the hearts of men We got to understand what the truth is so they may be worshiping a, a a god, and they're all fervent and and sincere and and all all zealous for and they be trying to be as religious and as good and all this. Stuff, but you don't get to heaven by works. It's not by works. It's not by righteous works. Not by works of the law. Um, God's not going to weigh your good against your bad. And living up to the light you have will just take you straight to hell. You have to believe on the Lord God Jesus Christ by grace through faith through belief alone to be born again saved and so all, all because people are very religious and they're believing in God and they're being all good and they say they love Jesus well many in that day will cry Lord, Lord have we not done many wonderful works in thy name have we not prophesied in thy name have we not cast out devils in thy name and he'll say unto them but I don't know you depart from me ye cursed and everlasting fire and torment prepared for the devil and his angels because they're depending on their religiosity Jesus says I don't know you even though they say they know him was it possible they were believing in the wrong Jesus, wrong God Plus, they're trusting in their works when it's not by works. So, which God? Which Jesus? All because someone someone says they believe in Jesus doesn't mean that they're saved. you got to look at their doctrine, look at the gospel that they're affirming, and you want to pair this with Scripture. So, no. Uh, we can't call people who say they believe in God believe in Jesus Christians all because they say they believe in Jesus. You then have to check out and examine the doctrine. Catholics say they believe in God and believe in Jesus, but they're not Christians. They're Catholics. Jehovah's Witnesses say they believe in God, believe in Jesus. But they're not Christians either. Neither are Mormons. Neither are Seventh-day Adventists. So, who are the Christians? Christ followers. Who are the true Christ followers according to Scripture? Those who believe in the Lord God, Jesus Christ, by grace through faith to believe alone. Period. That's it. According to Scripture. But their gospel is backed up by the Word of God without contradiction. So that's, that's how I answer that one. All right. Davin has a question. Who are your favorite Bible teachers, preachers? These guys. Um,. Yeah, there's quite a few. Uh, one of my tops uh, be Charles Spurgeon. Uh, he's got some fantastic stuff. Highly recommend A. W. Tozer, excellent. I have a bunch of his his books. I love A. W. Tozer, J. C. Ryle, V. Raymond edmund E. M. Bounds, Leonard Ravenhill, Doctor Martin Lloyd Jones. Um, yeah, Leonard Ravenhill, is Charles Spurgeon here, Arthur Pink, and uh, yeah, these guys I highly recommend. And uh, some of my favorite books by them. Um, where did my one book go yeah it's right here somewhere this one i highly recommend the essential tozer collection the pursuit of god the purpose of man the crucified life i've mentioned this before some of you have gotten this book you can get it off amazon many uh christian bookstores the essential tozer collection highly recommend that it really helps you understand the the relationship between us and the lord and uh the position of christ in in our lives it's so powerful highly recommend that please check that out yeah there's a ton of books there so yeah give those a a check um also if you go to our website christiancoffeetime.ca uh we got links to all other uh, platforms um there's the reddit link you go there and you see on the reddit link there's the the top post on on our reddit site Uh, statement of faith library of topics it has all our sermons and messages and tons of stuff in there and i i do uh, refer to a bunch of different preachers and stuff throughout them give those uh, a check as well oh and yeah i'm still getting used to all the different buttons over here (laughs) okay um Olga says i need to study the history of the church seems like everything i learned in school is wrong i actually have a video that I got an awful lot of flack for. Um, If you go over to our playlists, um, according to the Bible, scroll down, you'll see according to the Bible, real church history. Um, Give that one a watch. And in there, I describe uh, in a bit more detail what I already described about the Catholic Church and its origin and our formation, all this stuff and about about, uh, Christianity. I got a lot of hate for that. It's insane, absolutely insane, and I don't understand it. I really don't. This actually bothers me and upsets me. How many Christians actually think that the Catholic Church used to be the true church? That's just stupid. That's like saying Mormonism once was the true church. It's the same logic. Catholicism never, ever, 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 ever was the true church. Augustine was a Catholic, not a Christian. Polycarp and all of them were of that Catholic cult. They were not Christians. They call them church fathers. Catholic church fathers, not born-again Christian church fathers. It's insane. And they teach this in Bible schools. Most Bible schools. Most actually teach that. And that. That you go back, say, you go back far enough, the Catholic church used to be. No, it never was. They say, well, then, well, how do you know? Well, see, what happens is the Catholic Church would butcher and slaughter the true Christians and would destroy all the books, all the writings. They would burn our Bibles. They, they would take our Bibles and pile our Bibles up around a burning pole around us and use the Bibles as, as the, uh, the fodder for the fire to burn us to death. And that They would take a lot of the printers who were printing Bibles and they would trap them in the printing press and burn the printing press with the printers in it for, for printing off Bibles for the Christians. That's what the Catholics did. They butchered and slaughtered and they destroyed our history our documented history and so that they could try to rewrite history and claim to be the true church they never were they were the slaughterers they did the crusades they did the violence they did all that stuff not the true christians catholicism never was the true church and i will fight tooth and nail on that one orthodoxy catholicism never was is not The true church is not of God, teaches false gospels, and anyone that says it does is deceived. I'll fight tooth and nail on that one. It's insane how many Christians have been deceived and lied to by these organizations. That's what angers me. I don't blame the people for being tricked and deceived. I blame the organizations because the organizations are of the devil. Satan doesn't fight Catholicism. He runs it. He runs it. And he twists the truth and dece and deceives people. So yeah, it's it's insane. Um. So do you have any books you re- recommend? Well, that list, again, I'll I'll just send that through. So yeah, write these guys down and check out anything, anything by these guys. Give it a read. Highly recommend. So yeah, their stuff is uh is validated is strongly. Recommended, so please check it out. Um. So, like yesterday, it was Saint Constantine Helena Day here in my country. Huge celebration. Yeah, Constantine was not a saint. He was a, well. He was a saint of Catholic Church. Well, if you actually go back and study the history, um, what the what Constantine did is he took the pantheons of the Greek and Roman gods. Now look at this, folks. Look this up look this up if you go back in history and look at the greek and roman pantheons they had a god for everything they had a god of codes they had a god for thieves a god for whatever name a thing a god for farmers a god for fishermen a god for all a god for every single thing what constantine did he just turned them into saints as the saint of colts, the saint of farmers, the saint of fishermen, the saint—he just renamed the gods. That's all he did. That's all he did. Catholicism is, is not of God. It's one great big giant lie. Idolatrous lie. Uh. All right, going down through so roman says does god know what seed we are destined to be in this life chosen for eternal life or prepared to be damned to hell no, no 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 uh that whole thing of uh the the uh unconditional election limited atonement is completely unbiblical nonsense uh god does not cherry pick some to hell and cherry pick some to heaven eeny meeny miny moe to which place shall you go is not even in the bible that's completely made up unconditional election limited atonement is nonsense is not biblical um that they jesus when he atoned uh, atoned with his blood on the cross it, the bible very clearly very 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 crystal clearly flat out says he atoned for the sins of the whole world god is not willing that any should perish is what scripture says god is not willing that any should perish but if he if he did predestine some to hell then he is willing that some should perish we see contradiction so no it's uh, all are given a chance for god so loved the world and he is the atonement for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world god is not willing that any should perish i got a ton of scripture on that that, that can easily disprove limited atonement unconditional election um, those are complete uh errant doctrines uh the the hyper calvinism of the tulip theology that kind of stuff. Nonsense stay away from that so um what the lord does the lord calls all draws all gives all a chance as the lord is not willing that any should perish but is long suffering to us word now at some point in our lives god will give us a chance that we will hear it we will come to the understanding of this and we'll be given a chance scripture very clearly shows this uh, as also goes to if someone was to die having never heard the gospel then God is willing that some should perish. So we see a contradiction. Some say well what about those who have never heard? Well that's a fallacy because how do you know they haven't? Well all because you don't know how they haven't that how, how they have doesn't mean they haven't. So we've got to be careful with jumping to assumptions based on our own preconceived ideas. So we see also in Revelation chapter 7 And we want verses 9 to 10. After this I beheld and lo a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations. Now look at this. I beheld and lo a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. These folks are saved. So salvation has come unto, and people have gotten saved out of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues. That means every single tribe, nation, society of the entire world has, has been brought the gospel and given a chance at some point. So the idea that they've never heard is actually, actually contradicts the Bible, because Scripture says that they went into all the world, not just the known world, all the world. They somehow did. That God made a way, and the gospel got there. So yeah. So yeah. Um, going down through. Okay, Olga has a statement here. I used to have nightmares about the aerial toll houses. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, these are so scary. But I told you how it's not real. Yeah, yeah. There's no such thing. It's nonsense. Nowhere in the Bible uh, that when we stand before the Lord, we are, we are. The Lord looks upon us, and we are justified because. We have the righteousness of Christ imputed upon us. His spirit is indwelling us, sealing us, holding us. And our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's what justifies us. It's not by works, not by righteous works, not by works of the law. He's not going to weigh your good against your bad. He weighs whether or not you've believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, or not. So yeah, the whole toll houses, purgatory doctrines, all of that is utter nonsense. Replacements of Christ. That's what it is all of the purgatory toll house thing the way scale of sin and good all of that are replacements to uh, to replace the atonement of jesus christ so yeah um yeah that's why you have a different saint for everything that's right exactly that's what it is uh that's what constantine did he took all of the greek and roman gods and just renamed them that's why they had a god for everything and now look there's a saint for everything! And if you actually look back far enough, you see when they happened, the crossover. It's the same thing. Um, uh, Angela says, Even my Christian friends think I'm crazy for saying UFOs and aliens are devils. Yep. How should we talk about the news about aliens so we can witness and not sound nuts? Well, you see, alright, I'm going to have to step into the realm of my opinion on this thing. Um, Alright, now, if you go to people, the vast majority of society, okay, if you were to go back 15, 20 years ago everybody would think you're crazy if you said that you believed in aliens. 15, 20 years ago everyone thought you're nuts if you believed in aliens you said you got abducted or you saw a UFO everyone think you're crazy but then something shifted now everyone everyone thinks you're nuts if you don't believe in aliens what happened where's the evidence where are the flying saucers that land in the in the lawn of the White House where is the evidence instead of the shaky cam footage thing where it could be anything uh, where's the evidence I, well, there is has been none but somehow it's shifted and everyone now believes in it when there's no evidence for it other than shaky cam and and so-called you know eyewitness uh, ver, uh, uh accounts uh, first witness accounts that people talk about it. but again that's their word but you're not going to get anywhere with them when they when they say they already believe in it because you're approaching from a biblical standpoint when they don't accept the bible as Authority so you, what you're trying to do is you get in the cart before the horse, and you're trying to teach them biblical doctrine on it before they believe on Christ. So when it comes to those kinds of topics, um, UFOs and all that kind of stuff, hey, I've seen flying saucers. I've seen spaceships. It's just uh, it was demonic hallucinations. That's all it was. Uh, they're not real is uh, that uh, the devils can literally make you see anything if the devils want you to see a flying pink unicorn with an elephant trunk on it uh, th- they can make you see it they can the, the devil could come upon your mind and make you visually see a t-rex walking through your backyard they can do that they can make you uh, visually see whatever they want a, a, a huge flying saucer landing your backyard. and E.T.s are coming out and playing harmonicas and accordions in your backyard for for a band. They can make you see and, and hear that and feel it. They can manipulate your senses to see and hear whatever whatever they want. It doesn't mean it's real. See, the point is is if they don't know Christ, they're not going to know truth. And if they don't know Christ, they're going to be just be deceived by absolutely anything. Anything that the devils uh, put out there or the devils manipulate and the devils teach. The people are, who do not have Christ are going to believe anything and everything. So we got to be careful how we approach and try to teach people biblical doctrines on things before they understand Christ. So how do you do this? I don't. There's no point. There's no point. There's no point uh, trying to talk about this kind of stuff if they have not known Christ. It's like trying to talk to an atheist and trying to convince him against evolution without bringing up the Bible. You're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. So, that's just my thoughts on the matter. Um, again, that's my opinion. I'm going to clarify that as such. Okay. Yeah, and as Olga points out, to people that have had encounters kind of aliens, they uh, say they disappear when they say the name Jesus. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. And also, very interestingly, uh, I do not recommend you go and look this up, but it's entirely up to you. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, those people who actually have seen aliens and how they describe them, what they look like, typically. of the time, they look like those traditional alien greys. You know, the weird teardrop head with the great big giant eyes and all this kind of stuff. Now, what's interesting is if you go and also look up people who have visually seen actual manifestations of fallen angels. It's rather interesting that demons look exactly like alien grays. There's a very, very, very popular, well-known uh, drawing by Alistair Crowley, the most wicked satanic man. He did a drawing of his familiar spirit. Of the demon that uh, that assisted him and all of his satanic work he drew that demon and that demon looks exactly like an alien gray that's rather interesting and yes why whenever you have an alien encounter they just disappear the moment you rebuke them in the name of jesus why do aliens care about jesus why are they so afraid of jesus why do they disappear the moment you bring up jesus And that is a huge, well-known thing as well. Uh, Tons of people, when they have uh, alien encounters, they they cry on the name of Jesus and they disappear. But the media won't tell you about that. People won't write that in the books. Because, well, that that justifies Christianity too much. We can't do that. So, yeah. Yep. Romans says, last Q&A, you said that God... Everything. Oh yeah, the flood in Genesis. Why did God allow for things like the pyramids and Sphinx to still be standing? Why did God allow th- these things to still be here if he could have destroyed it? Well, it's a good question. Now, the primary thing <clears throat> that God was destroying was the life. This is what Scripture says. is that is The judgment was upon man for the great corruption and violence and wickedness and abomination God was judging the people he did, he uh, wiped out the life and he restarted it again with love he wasn't uh, the 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 whole point of it wasn't to wipe the earth like a slate wipe it clean destroy everything and then uh, that's not the whole purpose that did happen pretty much but because of the severity of the flood itself but the point of the flood was to destroy the life and the life would start over again with Noah and that which was on the ark. So some things did did survive well even to the point where your cars are are powered by liquefied dinosaurs <laughs> petroleum and all that actually came from all those things that were destroyed in the flood. That's a gasoline is liquefied dinosaur. <laughs> All right. Do animals have souls? Do they go to heaven? No, no. Uh, it's interesting that that one comes up quite often, actually. Um, and yeah, one second. I pull up my paper on this. No, animals do not have souls. They do not go to heaven. And I have a paper here. I don't know why. I can never, ever remember... The reference and it drives me crazy because it actually comes up quite often. I don't know why. I can't remember it. I can remember the words, but I can't remember the reference. Ecclesiastes. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Oh, went too far. Chapter 3, verse 21. <clears throat> Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? Now, what is this referring to? It goes back to the earth from whence it came. We go up to be with the Lord is what that's Ecclesiastes 3.21 is referring to. We go up to be with the Lord and animals go back to the earth from whence they came. Now, animals were not made in the image of God. And this is what separates us from every single other thing in the entire universe. Is that we were made in the image of God. Body, soul, and spirit. Three parts to our being. There are three parts to God's being: Father, Word, Holy Ghost. So it we, since we're made in His image, a three-part being, and we have body, soul, and spirit. Then, now what is the difference? Now, this is the way I describe it. Okay. As your flesh body is the body of you for the physical realm, for the physical realm, your soul is your body for the spiritual realm. The spirit is the uniqueness, the character, the attributes, that which makes you, you. Gives you your distinctives, sets you apart from others. When you see a, you see a puppy playing around, you say that puppy has a lively spirit, a character, personality, attributes, that which is makes them them and sets that puppy different than this one. What sets me different than you. As that's the spirit. The soul is the body of the spiritual realm. The flesh is the body on the physical realm. Animals don't have soul. They have spirit. They don't have soul. They were not made in the image of God. They do not have, they do, they do not have a three-part being. So when, a, when an animal dies, it dies. That's it. It's over. So yeah. Um, okay, I got back backup comments here okay Angela has a question man this broadcast is really touching on all of the interesting topics oh boy okay well now this one it's going to uh, cross over into the realm of certain topics that a lot of people are not going to believe. They're going to take it with great skepticism. Well, that's because these people, again, are believing on their opinions. They're not researching certain topics before bringing up uh, actual studied doctrines on, on this stuff. Now, what I mean, for example, is um, talking about magic as I'm an authority on this because of my background. I, I do a lot of talks on this, a lot of uh, studies and researchings. And my whole previous life was on the whole world of actual occult magic. Um, in that world, I was a practicing magician, not like, you know, Chris Angel magician or, you know, street magic. No, I'm talking about real occult magic, witchcraft, actual real stuff. Um, I was a practitioner of witchcraft, shamanism, and wizardry. Real world stuff. Not Harry Potter nonsense or or kind of entertainment. Um, And how magic works. It's the circumstantial manipulation of the natural through supernatural means. And it's the supernatural without God. So when you say a thing, do a thing, to cause a thing to happen the reason why the uh, if I wanted this pen to float um, I can't make it float I can't make it do anything but I can call upon a power that can make it float that's what magic is magic is conjuring it is speaking a desire while you are in service to a power speaking a desire and as Mark 16, verse 20, how the Lord confirms the word of the preachers, of the disciples, confirms their word with signs following. The devil's is the rip off plagiarizing copycat. That when you serve the Lord and you worship the Lord, you believe in the Lord and you study the word of God and you go and you preach the word of God, the Lord will confirm the word with signs following. And Peter says unto lame men, "Thy silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Lord confirmed the word with signs following and the Lord healed the man and he stood up. The devil's a rip-off plagiarizing copycat. You serve the demons, you serve the fallen angels, you serve the spirits. They will confirm your word with signs following. That's what abracadabra means. As I said, so it shall be, is what abracadabra means. So so what I would do is I'd be in relationship with the spirit. And then, and then I would conjure the power. I'd be in relationship with the power and fellowship with that power. And then it pays attention to what I say when I speak something in its name, in its power. It will cause the thing to happen. So that's how magic works. Succinctly put. There's a lot more to it, but that's pretty much how it works. Now, is he asked the question about people flying in Mexico. Is that something that's actually happening? Yes. Uh, in certain rituals, in high Satanism, uh, uh, I have seen it. I have personally witnessed poltergeists, furniture floating, moving, all that kind of stuff. I have seen full blown manifestations um, that in shamanism, in Satanism and in different forms of witchcraft and occultism in wizardry you are able to when you get into a certain level of depth of relationship with the spirits and you go into certain rituals you can teleport they'll immediately teleport you to a different area they can make you float levitate fly Certain gurus in in India, certain gurus of Hinduism, have been known to levitate 90 feet off the ground when they get into the meditations. It's real, it happens, and it's by demonic powers. Demons are doing it. Demons are coming and grabbing you, and demons are lifting you. That's what it is. Demons are literally carrying you that's what levitation is it's not you you learn to vibrate yourself vibrate your energies and you start to levitate no 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 no, not at all you are literally being lifted by beings they are lifting you they are carrying you they they listen to what you say in the ritual and they, they honor your request those who honor me I will honor the inverse those who honor the devils the devils will honor that's what magic is that's how magic works levitation's real flying is real poltergeists are real they can move things with my mind no you can't you're stating a desire and they're honoring your request that is how it works people say well how do you know that how do you know well it's because i was an instructor i was a teacher of a large witchcraft school uh, there were hundreds of students, and I wrote and created multiple different forms of magic, uh, I entirely new forms. I was a conjurer, a spirit conjurer, an enchanter, and a diviner, and I I could cause things to happen. And I taught real-world occult magic. I've seen it firsthand. This is how it works. This is what it is, and it is terrifying. So, yes, uh, uh, the witches down in Mexico, that those ones, actually, that falls under Brajera. I believe I said that correctly. Bregira witchcraft, which is uh, extremely, extremely satanic. Uh, well, isn't all witchcraft satanic? Well, there's different forms of witch- witchery. Uh, there's hedge witchery, which is very closely related to kind of like shamanism shamanism is just a native form of witchcraft that's what shamanism is it's native witchcraft Um, there's hedge witchery which is very uh, nature based then there's traditional witchcraft uh, urban witchcraft uh what you see uh, happening in like salem or uh, like the stuff you see by wicca wicca is a variant off of traditional urban witchcraft which is very uh, uh ritual based and it, it's more city style kind of thing. Many different forms. Then you get in Centaria, which is uh, blood magic and sacrifices, very satanic. Brigira is a is a variant that's not as bad as Centaria, not a, as dark, but it's very satanic. And it's that those satanic forms that you start seeing a lot of that kind of stuff happening of high possessions and levitations and flying. Um, that's where a person gets uh, gets completely overly taken and they become what is called a husk a husk is an individual where uh, like in scripture we, we see where Paul talks about dying to self where you give up your life and you give yourself to the Lord and you're dwelt by the spirit of God so fully that the Lord uses you in that manner the inverse of the satanic form of that is you, uh, where you, you die to the Lord but you die to the devil and you literally give yourself to the devil 100%, so that your actual character and being ceases to exist, and you get so suppressed in a possession that the demon takes over, and the common entity that speaks out of the body is actually the devil, and no longer you. You cease to exist, kind of, kind of, and it takes over and owns your body, and you, your body is basically a husk for the devil to inhabit, and it's those individuals that are levitating. That's what happens, folks. I was raised believing that animals can see the spirit world. It would seem to be. It would seem to be. uh, It's very weird. Uh, Either the the devils themselves are just playing tricks and that kind of thing. I don't put a lot of stock in superstitions and that kind of thing. Uh, It's possible. It seems to be. But I don't want to say 100%. It's a theory that they do these. <laughs> you see, cats—they're looking around like they're looking at something. It's the same with dogs and other creatures, and they react to things. It's possible, or the devils are just tormenting the animals. It could entirely just be that. Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know. The Bible doesn't say it does show certain uh, certain points. You know, like uh, Balaam's donkey saw the saw the angel, but that's because God wanted the donkey to see the angel, but anyways, I don't know. Uh, now, and uh, about Mexico again, the witchcraft there, shamanism, yeah, well, there's a lot of hand-down, uh, hand-me-down traditions, uh, a lot of voodoo, shamanism, Aztec religion type stuff going on there. Yeah, th- there is, uh, there's a lot of stuff that, su- that has survived the, the years, uh, hand-down traditions, that kind of stuff. Um, but again, you see it everywhere. In Russia, there's a lot of shamanism and multiple different forms of shamanism. Every single culture you see that they, that is completely taken with different forms of occult is. Some are more famous than others. That's all it is. But every single culture, every single country, every single civilization in society around the entire world is completely taken with the occult. Just some is just more notable than others. That that's more of what it is. So yeah, you, there is not a place in this world that you could point out that is not taken with the occult. So yeah. Um, okay, so going down. Okay, Olga has a question on the evil eye. Some of you may have seen this. It's uh, It's actually uh, it actually originated from India. It's Hindu witchery, Hindu witchcraft. It's Hindu occult. It's an amulet. It's a. It's like a disc or kind of oval shape. Sometimes it has a blue ring on the outside, and it has a, like a painted blue black dot. Looks like an eye. You can buy this amulet kind of thing. This rock is button, or a sticker, or a poster, or whatever. This eye looking thing. It's called the evil eye. Uh, you see, in some variants, it, it looks like it's on a hand with the thumb's kind of bent weird, uh, or the and this pinky's kind of bent weird, kind of thing. And it's a hand that has an eye on the hand. That's called the witch's eye, the evil eye. That's Hindu occult. Stay away from that. If you have that in your possession, get rid of it immediately and repent of it. That's Hindu witchcraft. It's a it's a Hindu enchanted amulet. It's an amulet of protection. That's what it's meant for. It comes from the Hindu religion. It's pagan. And so, yeah, it's uh, how these kinds of work, these things work, um, is they're enchanted by spirits. They become what's called a haunted object. A haunted object. So this pen is nothing. It's just a pen. But there are rituals you could do where you can actually conjure and bind a spirit to the thing and this thing becomes a haunted, empowered, magic object. An, em, an, an amulet. An enchanted object. A charmed object. And it carries a power that whoever uses it will get the abilities of whatever it is I enchanted it with. Um, so that's how symbology works. It Just drawing a star does nothing. You see children drawing stars. It's a pentagram. No, it's not a pentagram. It's a star. It becomes a pentagram as we know a pentagram of an occult thing when it becomes empowered when it becomes enchanted and charmed um that's where a spirit is bound to it and now it has ability um it's all because someone just draws a thing that doesn't mean anything you see a lot of crazy people drawing you know evil symbols and they think it's all edgy and woo but it means nothing there's nothing to it it has to be it has to be charmed um so these amulets that you buy and these things, but the, the, that they are created specifically to be an occult object. So from the moment of its creation, it was charmed because of the intention of the creation. And there are spirits bound to the thing. That's why uh, you, if you have any uh, statues of Buddhas or Hindu statues, Hindu symbols, Buddhist symbols, or any other other world religious spiritual symbols or... or, or uh, things, like idols or what statues or whatever, in your possession, there are spirits bound to them. That's why you get rid of them. That's why the Bible talks so much about purging those things out of your life, getting rid of it. Look at Acts 19, 19 to 20, for example. So be very careful what you have in your possession. Alright. Um, Angela says, Did God make animals for us or for him or both? Well, God made it for his glory, for for himself and then he made us and he and he created when he created us he gave us the authority as you read in Genesis as uh, to mankind was given authority of all creation the all creation is in subject to us as we are subject to Christ um, and so he all the animals then were given to us uh, to care for to use and all, all of that so actually it's so you're right it is both okay um okay so i'm gonna pause here on the on the comment questions i need to jump over to the board just for a moment because an individual emailed me some uh, some questions and i need to answer these um oh where did it go there it is here all right so there's some emailing questions uh for a friend of mine thomas emailed me and asked question here okay firstly I want to ask if I would be committing the sin of hypocrisy if at one point I expressed an opinion to someone about being against something to then later changing my mind on the matter and doing the opposite of what I expressed to that person because I no longer hold to those views in which I told that person is that hypocrisy no that's changing your mind it would be hypocrisy stating the first the first opinion, and then going and doing the opposite, while holding to the to the first and you still still telling them the first. Like for example, um, you're an absolute raging hypocrite. You tell people you don't listen to rock music, but then you go home and watch movies full of rock music. That's hypocrisy. Um, you're, you're playing the hypocrite to to state to state a belief, and then to come to a completely different conclusion, change your mind, change your opinion, change your belief, and then now you're doing that's not hypocrisy. That's changing. Um, it would be hypocrisy if you still verbally held to the first while you while you practice the second. That's hypocrisy. So no, you are not a hypocrite for that. Secondly, um, okay. So this is about okay. I also want to ask if the Harry Potter books, films, and other products related to that franchise are an exception to other fiction books which contain magic as it is inspired by real-life sorcery practices. I mean, in the sense, could they be dangerous in any way in which I am not conscious of? Okay, so how how entertainment and this kind of stuff works, um, if you look at Harry Potter and you look at, say, Mickey Mouse playing the sorcerer, yeah there is a big difference massive difference uh what there's hollywood magic which is not magic and then there's real magic uh, which like harry potter promotes uh for example i'll get into that now the hollywood magic is very very flashy very flamboyant and the, the flashing lights and they and they they kind of twist reality by saying you know you have no abilities but all abilities are in this magic wand and you just pick this thing up and it can shoot fireballs that that's really stupid that's not how it works but anyways uh there's hollywood magic we're completely off the rails but harry potter what it does though is it teaches something else um yes there's a big difference like for example in like uh the the series the cartoon Frozen it shows the girl making ice castles that's not a thing but that's a that's magic that's sorcery that's being shown in the cartoon but it's not real magic does that mean that it's okay no because it's still glorifying uh something that God would call abomination but Harry Potter teaches real-world occult, where J.K. Rowling is on record of flat-out saying that one-third of the Harry Potter books contains real-world occult. And that they actually go into detail describing certain rituals, certain things, certain quotes, certain phrases, certain practices that are 100% real. From scrying to necromancy to all forms of divination, the witchcraft, wizardry of all forms, multiple different forms that are actually are 100% real-world. They just took it and used some artistic license to kind of make it a little bit more flashy to try to hide it with smoke and mirrors, uh, but it still contains real stuff. So yes, Harry Potter is a cut above, different than most other forms of entertainment, but that doesn't mean there's other forms of entertainment that, you know, glorify witchery and and demons isn't bad. It is. It is dangerous because again, it's promoting and glorifying evil. It's just Harry Potter is just more evil. Um, yes, there is danger to it in that because it teaches actual stuff. I don't know if I've actually talked about this before. I may have. It's called the mystic drawing. The mystic drawing is a term that you might hear in the world of the occult um, where I want to be careful. And you walk into a bookstore. And you see all of the thousands of books. You look around and you start walking through. And it's like you feel drawn. And if something's drawing you. There's something coming. It's like there's something over here. I'm not sure I think there's something over here and you go over there and you look through and uh, you see and all of a sudden it's like one book kind of stands out more than others and you're drawn to it and you pick it up and it really entices you and you're really taken with it the mystic drawing um, that is that is a demon that is kind of pulling you drawing you and it brings you over to this kind of thing and and you pick it up and you find out what its contents are is evil. Uh, that's mystic drawing now that's the thing the difference between say Harry Potter books and others why Harry Potter is so powerful so uh, persuasive in the world pervasive is that it uh, it has actual empowerment in it and that the devils will draw people to it and people will be holding it more than to say Twilight (laughs) the vampire series Uh, so stupid but uh But that's the difference, that there's something to it. So yeah, that's the thing. So just hate it, uh, uh, avoid it, oppose it, pray against it, rebuke it, resist it, and uh, you'll be fine. Okay, now it goes on, it finishes up here. Uh, I do recall that you mentioned that if the books my parents had were fictional and they contained magic, they were harmless and just an abomination. It is just that my conscience was not very confident about the Harry Potter books in particular. So, all right, so that's where I clarified that. And if, for example, you were to go over to someplace someplace and you see those, just pray against it. Just rebuke it. Don't touch it. Don't go near it. Just leave it alone. Rebuke it as you would anything else and stay away from it. It has no power over you. You're indwelt by the spirit of the living God. You're a child of the living God, indwelt by the spirit of Christ, washed by the blood of Christ. There's no power that can take you or hold you or tear tear you away from the Lord. There's no other power greater than the power of our Lord. So don't worry about that. Jesus Christ is greater than all. All right, so there you go. So I hope that addresses that. All right. it's going to go down to the bottom of the comments see if there's anything related to that before I go back up and touch on what I left behind Uh, okay there's tons of stuff down here about what I was talking about earlier but I need to go up so I don't forget some of these comments okay so Olga says the Orthodox Church says if you have the evil eye you must say the Our Father prayer three times and it will go away Oh, so like a so so like a, a an enchantment. So they've literally taken the, the the our Lord's prayer and turned it into like a spell chant. So you counter spell. So when cast, someone casts a spell on you, you use this counter spell, which is the Lord's prayer. So that's blasphemy. They have taken scripture, and they have twisted it and and modified it and turned scripture, holy scripture turned it into a counter spell that's what that is that's what they've done there, that's what you just described orthodoxy and catholicism does the same thing, takes scripture and turns it into spell casting that's so disgusting all right, Kimberly Mason. I've heard tell there are animals in heaven. The finest example are the horses that Christ the Elect will come back on. It doesn't, yeah. It says that, yeah, we'll be riding on horses, but it doesn't say that they're in heaven in Scripture. I'm just saying, I'm being just te- highly technical here. Uh, or correct me if I'm wrong, I do not recall any Scripture that actually says that there are actual horses in heaven. It says that we'll be riding. Well, where did they come from? It doesn't say. It doesn't say where they came from um, is it possible there could be it could be um where did they come from well be we, just like when god created the angels the angels came from the very creation of god's word and then god created all uh, the different forms of angels and he created the hosts of heaven and then you see the heavenly chariots and and uh, i guess we'll be pulled by horses i guess uh, that he created them there they didn't come from earth so that that's what I'm describing here is that there that animals here on Earth do not go to heaven. There are creatures and beings in heaven that were created in heaven, but any creature or animal on Earth does not go to heaven. That's is what that's what I'm talking about. But yeah, it does talk about that, and there are different forms of beasts and creatures in heaven, and yeah, it's going to be quite the sight, really quite the sight. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Okay, so Roman has a question. Okay, first I just need to erase some things off here. Okay, I talked about that. I talked about that. Yeah, okay, I got a couple things there. If we have time, we'll get to that. Okay, now... Roman says, how do I rebuke a curse placed on me? What if someone has a picture of me and decides to bury it or whatever, etc. How do I know these things are taking place? Um, bring it. <laughs> um, if you're born again saved, let me just ask you, Roman. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Almighty God, manifested in the flesh? Do you, uh, uh, do you believe that you're a sinner and that Christ died on the cross for your sins and you called upon Him and you believe believe that He died on the cross for your sins, was buried, rose again the third day according to Scriptures, and you accepted Him as your God and Savior? You've told Him that you believe and you asked Him to forgive you for your sins and save you? Then you're indwelt by the Spirit of God and witches don't have power over you. I... They can take all the pictures of me that they want and bury them as much as they want. I literally don't care. It does nothing to me. Um, Yeah, witchcraft is not greater than the power of God. Um, So if, for example, you happen to come to the knowledge that there are people who are doing this to you, laugh. Like Elijah with the prophets of Baal. Cry louder, cry louder. Maybe your power is asleep. Cry louder. Cry, bury it deeper. More dirt. Ooh, more hate. More chickens. Go ahead. It's, it does nothing to you. It, it, it's nothing. Don't even worry about this. Don't elevate witchcraft to the power of that which is equal that can combat the power of God. It is nothing. It's the power of, of devils who are limited and they are in subjection to the power of Christ. So just rebuke it. Resist. Remove on. Rebuke. Resist. Move on. Rebuke it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and move on. Don't even give it a time of day. Don't even think about it. Don't even worry about that. It does nothing to you. Uh, So the the first thing that Christians need to understand is that you don't fear it. I don't fear witches' curses any more than I do fear the Muslims' hate or the Buddhist curses or Hindu curses or, or Mormon curses. It's all from the same author what no why would i fear the atheists curses it's the same author it all comes from the same thing so what does it matter as we don't ele- don't elevate the other religions over others it's all the same that's all, all all those religions are of the same author of the same location and it's all going to the same place and we believe in the lord jesus christ don't need to fear any so yeah uh, you you would not believe how many witches and satanists and cultists of other religions are regularly cursing me Uh, i've had uh, high priestesses of blood witchcraft cast death curses on me and my whole family this is a couple years ago Um, and she said that i'd be dead in seven days or something like that i forget who it was I'd be dead, dead in X amount of days and my whole family would be dead from this curse that she put on us. This super curse. Mega curse. And the, the days came and went and I contacted her back and I said, you might want to get your money back. Uh, we're all fine here. And then I gave her the gospel and she got mad and she left. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, Don't give it any, any time. Don't even think about it. Okay, going down through. Okay, Nerland says, when I was working at my first job, I was going down the stairs. I felt something was pushing off the stairs. It scared scared me. Uh, like, dear Lord Jesus. Yeah, oh yeah, well, that would be... Um, yeah. Um, apparitions and those kinds of things happen. Uh, devils do that sometimes. There are many different... Forms of devils people don't understand that Uh, when you go back in scripture go back to Genesis and the creation and God made heaven and earth and he made all the heavenly he made all the heavenly angels God did not create demons so you understand that right God did not create demons demons are fallen angels that they were angels of God that rebelled against God fell became known as the fallen angels became known as the devils the demons There are not different forms. There are the demons, then there are devils, then there are fallen angels. No, that's Roman Catholic nonsense. Devils are demons, which are fallen angels. Okay? And that uh, there are different ones, and, and different fallen angels are more powerful than others. Just as different angels are more powerful than others, that a third of the angels sided with Lucifer and fell. And this swath went through the hierarchy of the angelic realm and became the inverted hierarchy. Um, so you have the regular messenger angels, Gabriel's the head messenger, Gabriel's not an archangel. And then you see Michael, the archangel, there's only one. And then Michael's angels, which is the hosts of heaven, as Michael's the warring one. The host, the army of heaven, the soldier angels. Then you have the cherubims and the seraphims and the ophanims, those are the wheels full of eyes. And you have the giant angels, the size of mountains. All different forms, of all different levels, and of different power levels. Some are more powerful than others. Cherubims are some of the highest, most powerful of the created beings of heaven. Lucifer was the highest, number one cherubim. And then uh, third of the angels fell, rebelled against the Lord, and this is where we see the, that there are principalities and powers in high places. Jesus says some of these come not out but by prayer and fasting. Some are more powerful than others, and so in this, in the demonic realm, uh, there are the mischievous ones, the troublemakers, the tempters. Uh, these are the uh, the playful types that like to tease and torment, and uh, that they, they are easily gotten rid of by simple rebuke. Then there are ones a little more powerful, they they are uh, what are called the lower lords. These are the ones that uh, will actually uh, can possess, oppress, they're very powerful, they are hard to get rid of. This is where the Bible talks about prayer and fasting. Uh, these are the ones that cause poltergeists and that kind of stuff. Then there are the lower gods. These are the ones that set themselves up as deities, uh, like the, all of the Hindu gods. Um, for example these ones have power to sway nations to worship them to deceive people they're very 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 powerful the principalities and powers in high places um then you get into the the other ones uh, higher than that that are in charge of looking after lucifer and doing the bidding of lucifer uh the the inner circle of the of the demonic that's a whole different thing but anyways the different levels of the demonic um the the lower ones the mischief ones the troublemakers these are the ones that like to cause issues like what the ones that came in like push you kind of thing these are ones that you might catch a glimpse you know the orbs the sprites uh the 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 the, the balls you see the glowing balls or whatever or the the shadow walkers and all that kind of stuff that that's them that's them uh that's what they do uh, they trouble they're the ones that whisper in your ear temptations of sin and that kind of stuff that you just resist and rebuke and they run away that's what those are that's what those do just ignore them okay um, yeah okay going down through Olga um, when people become a husk do they die no uh, they will die soon Uh, it's it's a known thing Uh, this is where the legend of the the twisted old hag witch you see her all twisted up and she's all like like corrupted looking that's actually a thing uh the further you get in darkness the worse your health will become it takes a toll on you Uh, people who get to those levels of darkness they don't live long um they die really quick Uh, you're basically giving up your life force, giving up your life for more power, and it will actually take a toll on you and kill you. Um, It it happened to me. I almost died because of that. Uh, They tried to take my life. Um, No, a husking, uh, you basically sell your soul to the devil, and you are demonically possessed 24-7-365 so 24 7 365 you're demonically possessed and you are not in charge of any of your bodily functions you cannot do a single thing yourself and you're you're a prisoner in your own body but you did this to yourself willingly and the devil literally can then walk your body off a cliff if it wants and there's nothing you could do that's what happens uh, so uh, it's not that you're dead that you, you are alive you're not going to be alive for long and when you do that you basically gave your body over to the devil for for, for the rest of your life uh, that's what a husk is they are extremely dangerous individuals um, it's very sad uh, I've known some people who did that kind of thing and it's you can't even talk to them uh, it's it's so bad, it's so, so bad, it's so evil. Um, There's there's no talking to the individual because the individual themselves can't talk. Uh, The devil is completely controlling them. Um, And that's a point where you need to be fasting and praying and you go not by yourself, you go by twos or whatever uh, to go and to witness an individual like that. And I'm telling you, the, the demonic show that comes of it is something else it is terrifying you you are dealing with a raging hate-filled demon and they will not let go it's really sad Um, the the, the individual that they're still alive they they could still get saved but the chances of them getting saved when they get to that level is very nil uh is very low it's still possible that it has happened in the past that there have been people who've actually been able to get free of that and actually get saved, but it that the the numbers are very low. Um, you basically pretty much signed your death warrant when you do that. It's very sad, but there is still hope, though the chances are are, are slim. <clears throat> Okay. Okay, going down through. Uh, Angela, oh, this is where we get into some of the, the lesser known things of the world. Um, you know, yeah, this is going to blow your mind. Many of you are not going to believe me, but many of you don't believe me. That's your choice. You know when you're making a chicken, or you're cooking a chicken, or you're cooking a turkey or whatever, and you get the wishbone? It's the, the little wishbone. You each grab a piece and you pull and the one who gets the larger part the wish comes true. What did I just describe? A magic ritual. That actually goes back to that. It's actually uh, an old an old form of a simplified family magic ritual that you can do to cause wishes to come true. That's actually a magic ritual. Um, that's where it, it's derived from uh, that's actually a form of lesser known uh witchery it's called it's called light witchcraft or white witchery uh it's simplified family types uh, type things it's like uh, lighting a candle making a wish and blowing it out it's called candle magic so the idea of making a wish and blowing out the candles is a form of candle magic that's uh um that's uh, it's, uh well, it's not candle flame gazing That's scrying this it's just flame magic where the flame is the mobile that causes him fire is a is a massive uh symbol of power in the occult um uh, whether it's bonfires or candles or whatever fire is a big thing um you make a wish and you push your intention through the flame and you blow it out and it'll cause it to come true yeah so um uh, looking upon a star and making a wish uh, that's uh that's sky divination it's a form of sky divination it falls under a, uh, a variant of astrology of using the celestial bodies believing that they are gods and, and empowerment be empowered beings that can hear you and speak to you that's you have deified the celestial bodies to be able to hear your mind and to cause your wishes to come true that's paganism that's heathenry um wishing wells is uh, that's it goes back to roman greek mythology that they believed that in wells in oases and springs um those kinds of places where water were coming up and geysers were locations of deities and and forest spirits that if you go to these areas wells springs oases uh even oceans which you know like uh, the different uh, gods that lived in the ocean, uh, that if you gave them a sacrifice, they would honor you. So you would cost them a piece of money or food or whatever, and they would reward you in return. That's why wishing wells, you throw a coin and make a wish, and the god of the well will reward you. That's where it comes from. So, yeah. All right. Okay, and Olga points out, yes, actually, that was one thing I was going to bring up. Um, I made a post about that. Many of you do not know. The Chinese government, in all of their wisdom, has rewritten the Bible and has stated that you're only allowed to use the the Chinese government's officially regulated Bible, which was rewritten by the Chinese government where Jesus is Chinese. And Jesus is a sinner. And Jesus, you know, the woman caught in adultery, you know, whoever is without sin cast the first stone. According to the Chinese Bible, that when all the people left because, you know, they couldn't stone him, Jesus picked up stones and stoned the woman to death, saying, I too am a sinner. So that's the Chinese Bible. So that's what they did. (coughs) Excuse me. It's sad. The deception and delusion... It's insane. Okay. Roman has a question. Why do churches allow women to be pastors? And the Bible is very clear that they shouldn't, but they can teach other women how to be women of God. Should I stay away from those churches? Yes, you should. Uh, Why do they do that? Because they don't believe the Bible. Simple as that. That they want it to be what they want it to be. All right, they fashion a god of their own. My god doesn't have a problem with it. Well, your god's not the god of the Bible. No. And so they say. Well, well, those passages were for back then. Oh, how how. Yeah, how lucky for you. So is John three sixteen. John three sixteen is Old Testament. You know, it's before the crucifixion, so technically that's still the the, the uh, dispensation of Old Testament. I'm just saying. So which, what rest of the Bible is for back then and not for now. So they cherry pick the Bible because they do not believe it to be the absolute authority of God. They do not accept it nor believe it to be the absolute final authority of their lives. They are their own authority. So they cherry pick the Bible to modify and twist it. It's just modern... Uh, SJW liberalism just inf- infesting the church and infesting the pulpits, and they air-condition hell and water down sin and water down abomination, and make sin no longer sin, and and uh, they just you just be what it, be and do whatever you want, and God will be pleased with you. and Their God is not the God of the Bible. So yeah, it's a, it's the modern liberal personal interpretation Christianity, progressive Christianity, which is not Christianity. Um, okay let's take a look at something here Olga has a question here it's rather interesting man it's been a long time since since I've talked about that topic that's been a while Um, clothing styles is it wrong for women to wear pants no no Uh, but the bible says that women should not wear that which pertains to men Yeah, men's clothes, but there's women pants, and there's men pants. When you look around, around, you see women have skirts, and then... hmm, Sorry, Scottish, but there's kilts! Is that women's clothing? Well, every Scottishman is going to be hunting me down now. Now, I'm just saying... Now you got women's specific women's clothing and then specific men's clothing. You look at the Jews. You see the women had uh, uh, certain types of clothing which just uh, the the long uh, cloth wrapped around and you know the different types of wraps. And men had the this type that men wore of the wraps and stuff. So they they looked very similar. But they were distinctly different. You see the women's and the men's. They were distinctly different you can see by looking at it the distinct difference between women's pants and men's pants it's that women aren't to wear that which pertains specifically to men and men aren't to wear that which specifically attains pertains to women so no the pants aren't bad it's not that women shouldn't wear pants is women shouldn't wear men's specific clothing that's what that is so yeah um Okay, 2 Timothy 1, seven. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Amen. Isaiah says, Which has ever been known to be violent and seek to physically attack and victimize random people? Um, yes. A lot. An awful lot. Uh, that generally more happens in the deeper levels, like Santaria, Brujera. um... Uh, actual satanic cults um, that happens, yes. Um, was it two thousand seven? I think it was two thousand seven. I could be wrong on the date. But I think it was two thousand seven. It was several years ago. It'll be more than several years ago now. Then um, there is a an incident in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I can dig up the article I have to go digging for it uh, to find it the media tried to bury it Um, there's an article in Montreal Quebec Canada there is a group of men that are part of a satanic cult they actually worship the devil Uh, they're an actual sect of Satanism that they that they were ratted out and the police actually sent uh, a raid And they stormed the building where this these these uh, satanists were holed up and they stormed in and literally caught the men red-handed sacrificing children to the devil they had an altar covered in blood and there's a couple children chained up in the corner waiting their turn they were literally slaughtering the children in the name of the devil And they were arrested and uh, hauled off to prison. They were charged and all this stuff. But yeah, it happens. Um, Certain forms of witchcraft, uh, they are very malevolent. And they'll go out and cast curses and do violent things and poison and hurt and kill. And yeah, it happens. Um, It just isn't spoken about. The media especially doesn't want to talk about it. But it actually is very common. It happens a lot. An awful lot. Uh, especially to children. Uh, A lot of kidnap cases are because of cults. Seriously. I'm dead serious. Yep. And Nerlin says, I was almost one of them. Jesus saved me for Christ. I wanted to commit suicide. Amen. Yep. Yeah, the devils make people do horrible things, but the people then go and do it willingly is the thing. They they offer themselves as servants of the devils. And think about that. Just think about that one for a moment. What do you think is going to happen when you give yourself to the devil and you become a servant of the devil and you let the devils tell you what to do and to warp your mind and possess you and demonic spirits are possessing you? What do you think you're going to (laughs) do? All those things that are abomination to God. All the things that god abhors you're gonna do all of it it's horrible 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 stuff the the vampire a vampire is not what uh what's his name they wrote dracula it's on the tip of my tongue i forget what it is uh but uh is is not some you know ever-living monster creature who, you know, with fangs and bites people's necks and whatever. No, 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 no. Vampirism is the feasting on and drinking of blood, which is extremely common in most cults, most occultic cults. Uh, That is extremely common in in occult is the drinking of blood. That's vampirism. And and that some cults, like uh, the Order of Nine Angles, is an ex was an extremist, extremist satanic cult that actually scared all other satanic cults. And it, 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 they they would capture people and literally butcher them to drink their blood. That's the, that's where the legend of the vampire came from. And so, much of our legends and myths and stuff is actually based on reality. People don't know that. I don't know how we ever got talking about this kind of stuff. It's horrible. okay okay nerlin has a question um the second coming of christ is it before the tribulation or after now if you watch the series on the book of revelation uh, by pastor paul that we have in our playlist go into great detail on it uh, to draw it up to be very succinct on it to hope i get this right uh again if we take a look at scripture uh, second thessalonians chapter two verses one to four is the most succinct layout in four verses of exactly how it'll happen as uh, there'll be the great falling away the tribulation the troubles and trials and tribulations that occur uh, again as as we see, it is when the man uh, there's a man who rises up to make peace in the Middle East, and he'll sit in the Third Temple. That it's when he comes on scene is when it starts. So he comes on scene, and this is where we see the beginnings of these things: of uh, uh, turning the world against this, against the Christians, and fighting against the Lord, and one world religion, one world government, making peace in the Middle East, building the Third Temple, and also it all starts here, and then he sits in the temple and declares himself God that's when the sun is dark and the moon is turned to blood the stars fall from heaven, the, the, the son of God appears in the sky and the trumpet of God sounds and then we we are taken up and that's when, when we're taken up he seals the 104,000, this is just into the tribulation period, what we what would we call it but the actual wrath of God uh, the great, uh, the bowls and the vials and stuff, that occurs right after we are taken up but we will go through the first little bit here right up to when he declares himself to be God, then we're taken out. So that actually is just a little bit into. not before, not after, not middle, it's just a bit in. It's called the, it's called uh, the pre-wrath as uh, what the Bible shows. Not before, not after, not middle, it's pre-wrath. Right before the wrath of God is poured out, we're taken out. Just like for example, we see uh, Noah's Ark, is that they were taken into the ark before the wrath of God was poured down in the flood? Uh, so we see the saints are taken out just before the wrath, not long before, just before the wrath pours out. So it's called pre-wrath. Um, yeah, Abramovich. Uh, there's there's many many individuals. Uh, Uh, there's a whole bunch of individuals that come to mind on this yeah they they all do those kinds of things it is satanic it's a it's a form of extreme demonic oppression or possession to feast on drink blood um that's one of the main red flags and uh warning bells that go off uh, of demonic possession and oppression on the uh desire of blood it's it's a very common thing in the Yeah, she says she's not a Satanist, but she is. Yeah, she is. Uh, Yeah. Angela says, I tried to look up possessed house one time and my phone died and my laptop died and now I stopped looking bad things up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Bad things will happen when you start looking up bad things. Now, how does that work? What happened there? You, You were given a warning. You were given a warning. Um... We can't see it, but how it works... If I can find ways to explain this. uh, When you look up or say, go do say, look up evil things. Let's say, for example, hypothetically. Let's just say you went and you sat down at a table that has a Ouija board. What you don't see... what happens there and you're giving your license to it you're giving your toleration to it and you are letting it be an entertainment to you what happens there on the spiritual plane it's like a it sends a ripple a ripple through the spiritual plane it's like a dog whistle goes off and it alerts the demonic in the area and they come running to you and that's where they they're their manifestation—they uh, start letting you know that they're there by causing certain things to happen. Lights start flickering, your phone dies, or weird sounds. The dog just goes nuts, or whatever else. Suddenly, the room gets cold. They'll let you know that they're there by some physical manifestation, um, by moving objects or whatever else. You start seeing things. That's what happens. They let you know that you called them. So you went and looked up something that is demonic and then something demonic happened that, that that you looking that up you called them because you wanted to be entertained by them you wanted to research them you wanted to know about them so they showed up you need to repent of that make sure you did yeah. okay so we got caught up with all of the comment questions how long have we been going here folks Two hours, four minutes. Oh, not bad. Okay. Now, I'm kind of done talking about that stuff. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. Uh, the crazy demonic stuff. Let's change topics. Um, so, yeah, we talked about the Chinese Bible thing, what they did there. And now, here's something for you. I, I know I've talked about this before. I'm going to talk about it again. Just so you know, I want to show you something really interesting. Uh, Next time uh, you're talking with Muslims. Uh, You're talking to the Muslims. You're talking to anybody in Islam or anyone else who just happens to ask the question, where in the Bible does Jesus say, I am God, worship me? Can you answer that one? Think of that, that, that one just for a moment where in the bible does jesus say i am god worship me where does he say that or a variant of that think about that one for a moment where does the bible say that how would you answer that according to the bible where does jesus say himself say i am god worship me now, a couple of years ago, I was challenged by that when I got into the world of apologetics and I started getting into debates with, with uh, Muslims. This is a very, very common uh, question that comes up from Muslims specifically. Uh, some Hindus might bring that one up. Not very many. As they already kind of do believe Jesus is either either a guru or one of the lesser gods, but Muslims don't believe that Jesus is God so how would you answer that one where does jesus say i'm god worship me john 14 6 well john john 14 has a lot a lot of uh, deity claims and whatnot and and shows of power of christ yeah but that doesn't specifically answer the question where does jesus say i'm god worship me Olga says, Jesus said, deny yourself and follow me. Jesus would never say, follow me. Neither would Paul. Yeah, Jesus says, follow me. He didn't say, worship me. I'm just playing devil's advocate, just for a moment, uh, to be specifically technically accurate here, because this is how they will challenge you. The Muslim will say, well, he, he said, follow me. He didn't say, worship me. There's a big difference between saying, following and worshiping. So, How would you answer this? He forgives sin. Yeah. But he doesn't say, worship me. You see see what I'm doing. You want to be hyper-technically specific. Okay. So, as I'm a biblical literalist, uh, a, a, a scriptural purist is who I am, That I completely, 100% believe in the infallibility, in the inerrancy of the Word of God, that this is the sacred Word of God, preserved by God, handed down by God, that God spake it, God dictated it, and His holy servants wrote what God said, and that the scriptures have an answer for absolutely every single thing that there could ever possibly be. I believe that 100% with all my heart. So I took that question to challenge, and I brought it up before the Lord, and I asked the Lord for wisdom on this, and I asked the Lord to show me, because I do believe 100% Jesus is God, and we do see instances where people worshipped him in the, in the scriptures multiple times throughout the Gospels. But where did Jesus say specifically his own mouth, his own words where did he actually state personally state that he's God? And where did Jesus specifically state to worship him? Now we know people did, but where did he say to? So this is Went through my mind. I break things down to its most most specific technical form. And I want to answer it. So I, I prayed and prayed and prayed and studied and studied and I found it. I found it. I found it. It is in the Bible. Jesus did say it. He He did say it. It is in the Bible. So Yes, the wise men are filled with great joy, fell down and worshiped him. The the, the the mother of the sons of Zebedee fell down and worshiped him. We see the blind men and the lepers and the centurion and the many many venerated him and worshiped him and, and bowed to him and, and we see Thomas fell at his knees and and, and uh, called him as uh, called him Lord God. We see that, but where did Jesus say tell people, invite people to do this specifically? And to address your, your point there, Roman, uh, Jesus praying, uh, that also comes up, many people don't understand the meaning of the word to pray. Praying means holding uh, conversation, holding discourse, talking to, conversing with. Uh, like if we were back in uh, a couple hundred years ago in Old English, I would say, I pray ye, an invitation to conversation. So Jesus, the Son, is, is having a conversation with the Father. Okay, uh, now we well, we want to go to, if you have your Bibles, and we want to go to Matthew 28, verse 9. Please turn to Matthew 28, verse 9. I'm going to walk you through this. now on the deity claims which are many throughout the scriptures throughout the gospels it's it's multitudinous it is there's so 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 many passages throughout the gospels where jesus actually claims to be god by yes accepting worship forgiving sin claiming power over life and death that no man can take his life or bring him back he has power to do all that he gives eternal life he forgives sins so many things so many 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 deity claims let me go to Matthew 28 verse 9 this is after the resurrection that Jesus is crucified, buried he rose again like he said he would Uh, he says, uh, says I have power to lay down mine own life and take it up again no man taketh it from me he raised himself from the dead and then what does he do? Jesus in verse 9 Matthew 28 verse 9 let's back up um, verse 6 as the women at the, the servants at the, at the at the grave the angels say, uh, he is not here for he is risen as he said come see the place where the Lord lay and they go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and behold he goeth before you into Galilee and There shall you find him lo I have told you and they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy And did run to bring his disciples word and as they went to tell his disciples behold Jesus met them saying all hail Jesus met them saying, All hail. What does that mean? but, But hold up. What is the reaction of the disciples when Jesus stands there and says, All hail? And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Invitation to veneration, respect, revering, worship. Jesus says, all hail, and his disciples come and grab him by the feet and worship him. Invitation to veneration and worship. Matthew 28, verse 9, Jesus claims divinity and invites his, his disciples to come and worship him. Matthew 28 verse 9 there you go so next time someone says something like that show them that Matthew 28 verse 9 then we see in John chapter 4 verses 25-26 Jesus with the Samaritan woman at the well she says we know when the Messiah comes which is called Christ what is the Messiah Christ? The Messiah is the Christ, the anointed one, the promised one, the prophesied one, the one of the prophet Isaiah, the, the mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. Um, uh, uh, Micah 5.2, the one as ways have been of old, uh, uh, even if everlasting, the always existing one. Uh, isaiah 7 14 emmanuel god with us mighty god everlasting father that's the christ messiah the samaritan woman says we know when the christmas uh, uh, the messiah which is called christ is come he will teach us all things jesus says i the speaker to thee am he flat out claiming to be the christ messiah of isaiah and micah the mighty god Then we see Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 24. Jesus says, if you you do not believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. And I am in the Greek is egoimi, meaning the always existing one, Almighty God. Jesus says, if you do do not believe that I'm the Almighty God, you'll die in your sins. Then you put all the works of Christ that only God could do uh, upon Jesus' charge as well. And then you see him saying, all hail. He does say he is God. He did say, worship me. And they did. So there you go. So, yeah. And then we also see one more. Uh, uh, as, a, as we did this study in the Gospel of Luke, it's really interesting. And in Luke chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 4, we see the temptation in the wilderness, where Satan is, is tempting Jesus, right? Okay, we see, if thou be the Son of God, turn the stone to bread. Uh, the temptation in the wilderness. Satan was tempting Jesus. Satan is tempting Jesus. Jesus says, tempt not the Lord your God. Jesus claimed to be Lord God. Satan's tempting Jesus. Jesus says, tempt not the Lord your God. I mean, it the the sheer amount of deity claims is insane. So yeah. Knew the words, but I didn't know where to find it. Find it. I didn't know what scripture exactly. Matthew twenty eight, verse nine. Yep. <clears throat> All right, so please, underline, highlight, mark in your Bible uh, that passage and memorize that one. Point people to that one. Show them this. Show them this. The amount of times that Jesus was worshipped multiple times throughout the the Gospels. He forgave sins multiple times. The woman caught in adultery. Mary who washed his feet with tears. And there's a third one. um... Oh, oh, the, the lame man. The lame man. Uh, son thy sons be forgiven the rise up and walk so the the lame man the the, the woman caught adultery and mary who washes feet with tears three times he specifically forgave individual sins and he claims power for life and death he, he's the one that gives eternal life he accepts worship and blessed worship he doesn't redirect it he accepts it he invites it by saying all hail yeah the sheer amount of things that he says and does it's it's irrefutable irrefutable um yeah it's insane I I love it okay so there you go so Matthew twenty eight verse 9 so there's your passage so memorize that one memorize that one Jesus says all hail and they grab him by the feet and worship him he doesn't redirect it now if it was as we see in the scriptures If an angel appeared to an individual and the individual fell before the angel to revere it, the angels always redirected it, denied it, redirected it, resisted it, told them to worship God and give it all to the Lord themselves. They never accepted it themselves. The same with prophets. You don't don't fall down and worship and venerate prophets or angels or holy men. You only do so with God. So we... Every time we see people worshiping and venerating Jesus, he always accepted it and blessed it. Think of that. Yep. So there you go. Um, Yeah. One more. One more. Uh, Mark. I know I've gone over this a long time ago. I'm just going to go over it again. Because this is generally the follow-up that Muslims use... Yeah, there we are. Uh, That Muslims use to kind of refute the idea that Jesus is God. I want to walk you through it. So please turn to... This is handy. I can't spell. Mark 10... 18 please turn to mark 10:18. i want to show you something you need to see this to know how to be accurate okay muslims will bring this up as a refute against the deity of jesus christ all right they study the bible more than some christians i'm just going to say that muslims study the bible more than some christians so you need to know what you're doing all right so in mark chapter 10 we see the uh the account of the rich man who came to Jesus. Okay, so we want to go down to verse 17. So on verses 17 to 18. Okay, so Mark 10, verse 17 to 18. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Um, Muslims will take that and say, you see, Jesus is claiming that he's not God. There's only one that's good, that's God. So therefore he's saying he's not God. Well, Well, what do you do with this? Back up. This is why it's so important to study the words, the context, and pair scripture to scripture. Okay? Back up, verse seventeen. And he kneeled to him and says, Good master, goodness. Topic of goodness. Does Jesus is Why call somebody me good? And Jesus addresses goodness when you keep reading. What shall I do? What shall I do? What must I do to be saved? What shall I do? That I may inherit eternal life. What does Jesus say? Now, if you go and look at, in in Scripture, in Romans 3, Romans 6, all have sinned, all are fallen away, uh, all are corrupt, there's none that doeth doeth good, no, not one, that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, that in the whole world there is no goodness. All are corrupt, all are fallen away. All have sinned. there's none righteous, no not one. And Jesus says there's only there's only one in the world that' has any good that is God. Why cost thou me good? Why, why call thou me good? There's none good but one that is God. So in all the world there's only one that has any good and that is God. So Jesus is addressing something here as well. Who he is, he's not he's not saying he's not denying deity. He's claiming deity. Cuz he's the only one in the world that has any good cuz he's God. Cuz you want to pair the rest of the scriptures about who he is, the prophecies, the claims, the proofs, all the doctrines of his identity, of his person, of his being. Jesus is the Christ, the mighty God manifested in the flesh. So Mark 17 mark 10 verse 17 to 18 jesus is addressing goodness which only god has goodness because only by the righteousness of god that we are saved not by our own righteousness there is nothing that i can do to be saved no works no righteous works no works of the law to be saved what must i do to be saved and what did jesus address deity deity Go over to John, that uh, John chapter, uh, John eight, John chapter eight, verse twenty-four. John chapter eight, verse twenty-four. Jesus says, "I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am, you shall die in your sins." And the "I am" in the Greek is ego me meaning the always existing one, Almighty God. Jesus says, "If you do not believe that I am God, you will die in your sins." And to touch on this, uh, Angela says, why do you need to believe that Jesus is God to be saved? Because that's who Jesus is. The Jesus of Jehovah's Witnesses is Michael the Archangel. The Jesus of Islam is some lesser prophet, less than Muhammad. The Jesus of Mormonism is the lesser spirit brother of Lucifer. The Jesus of Hinduism is a lesser demigod or just some prophet guru guy the Jesus of occultism is just a man who learned magic powers the Jesus of Roman Catholicism needs your help to save you and needs his mommy is incompetent that his actual work on the cross is not what saves you you atone for your own sins and purgatory so is an incompetent individual the Jesus Seventh Day Adventism is an incompetent individual because he needs your help to save you because he could not atone for you himself you have to do law-keeping and a bunch of good works in addition to believing in Jesus. But they do not believe that Jesus is Almighty God manifested in the flesh. The Jesus of all other belief systems of the entire world is not God. Only the Jesus of born-again Christianity is Almighty God. You've got to believe in the right Jesus. Jesus said, many Christs will arise many will rise saying saying that i am christ and will deceive many so you got to believe in the right jesus the right jesus which jesus are you believing in you see the, the the christ that the jews were looking for wasn't the christ of the prophecies the pharisees believed that the christ that would arise would be a conqueror and would bring an earthly kingdom and would fight and defeat the romans but that's not the Christ Jesus that was promised that would come. Which Jesus are you believing in? If you do not believe in the biblical Jesus, you're believing in a false Jesus, and therefore you're not saved. The Jesus of Holy Scripture is the Christ, the mighty God, Almighty God himself manifested in the flesh. First Timothy 3.16, God was manifest in the flesh. So, which Jesus are you believing in? That's why it's so important. The deity of Jesus Christ is absolutely 100% mandatorily required for salvation. If you do not believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, you are not saved. That is what scripture says. One more time. If you do not believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, according to scripture, You are not saved. You could believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, the whole nine yards, uh, with all your heart. But if you do not believe in his deity, you're not saved You go straight to hell. It's a mandatorily required doctrine for salvation, the deity of Jesus Christ. He said it himself, John 8, 24. If you don't believe this, you'll die in your sins. That's how severe it is. So there you go um so i hope that addresses that one okay all right so going down through okay so we're going to have to wrap up with this last one all right just checking out the comments there <clears throat> olga says is it a sin to draw jesus Okay, so artistic license. I have some old Bibles somewhere that has some pictures in them. I also have oh boy. These, I'm going to promote these. These are great. I love them. I love comics too, so this is great. Now, if you have children and kids or you do like Sunday school kind of thing, uh this is great. It's, it's hard to um, get kids' attention sometimes. Uh, it's hard for them to sit down and just look at a regular Bible. And bright colors and pictures and stuff really grabs their attention. The Action Bible, you can get this off christianbook.com. You can get it off Amazon and other places like that. It's a comic book style that uh, shows uh, stories and uh, cartoons of the Bible stories. This goes through the whole Bible and it's really great in helping teach kids the basics of Scripture and other stuff. Now, in this, it shows the, the artistic license of all the different different Bible characters, whatever, and, and it shows Jesus. Supposed to be. Now, is it wrong to do that? No. Um, what the Bible condemns, if we go and take a look, if we go and take a look, for example, at Exodus, Genesis Exodus chapter 20 and it says uh, for thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them so it's not that the Bible the word of God the commandments of God the law of God is against imagery it's against how you use it. So, is it wrong to have a statue of a deer? No. Are you venerating it, worshipping it, bowing to it, praying it, praying to it, or whatever, or treating it like it's some spiritual significance? Well, then, then it's wrong. It, but paintings and statues or whatever that kind of thing if they if it's just art or whatever and there's no spiritual connection spiritual significance in that manner you're not praying to it bowing to it venerating it worshiping it then it's fine so for example uh for example this kind of thing this isn't wrong at all some people it is because it shows pictures then you misunderstand Exodus 20. Look at the context again. It's in the context of worship and reverence and veneration and uh, and a spiritual sense of worship. This isn't wrong. Pictures isn't wrong. Drawing Jesus isn't wrong. He'd love it. Uh, The point is that you are showing reverence to him, but as as long as you know, you know, that's not what Jesus looked like. (laughs) We know that the guys who play Jesus in the movies. We know that's just an actor. That's not Jesus. When someone paints a picture of what they think Jesus, we know that's not what Jesus looked like. It's it's just a, a picture, a, a rendition of what you, of just of your imagination of that, but again, you're not praying, venerating, worshipping, or holding it in a sense of worship in that way. So, it's not wrong. It's how you approach it, how you use it. Intention. Intention. Okay. So there you go. Um, okay, when it comes to worship, what does it what does it look like to truly worship God? Do we worship by simply Bible reading and physical devotion? Worship is giving the due attention to giving him the the, the reverential attention. You, it, it, you are venerating, revering, worshiping the Lord every time you hold him in your thoughts, you hold him in your, uh, in your actions, in your words, you obey his word. When you obey the commandments of God, that's worship. When you help the poor, because that's what Christ said to do, you are venerating the Lord. You're worshiping the Lord. You're honoring the Lord. That's worship. Uh, every time you pray for another person uh, to help them, that's you are honoring the Lord it's because you are obeying his word that is a form of worship it, uh, worship of the Lord is not just praying reading your Bible but is in, in, in anything that you do even eating, in eating and drinking doing all to the glory of God is a form of worship as unto the Lord alright okay so, Roman says, so can I wear a cross necklace? Where'd it go? It's somewhere around here. I have so much stuff around here. Yeah, give me a second. Sure. Go for it. Now, you got to know the difference <clears throat> between cross and crucifix. Okay? I know I said before that'd be the last one, but oh well, we we'll keep going for now. All right. So, people say, well, that's an onk. No, it's not an onk. Please. You wouldn't believe how many people say, it's an onk. It's not an onk. The Egyptian onk, it, it has the bottom part has the crossbeam and then a loop on the top. It's a loop on the top. This is an empty cross. So there's a big difference. Now the onk is Egyptian mythology, which is paganistic, heathenry, and demonic. Uh, now the crucifix is a cross that has a has the little dude on it. That's supposed to be Jesus, but it's not Jesus because it's a pagan symbol. The crucifix is a symbol of Roman Catholicism, of the of the Catholic doctrine of perpetual work, perpetual atonement to earn your salvation by works. That you earn through working repentance, working the, the continual consistent atonement of Christ until death, and then on, at your death you earn your salvation. That's, the, that's what the crucifix stands for, which is false gospel, false doctrine. The empty cross is the sign of the born-again Christians. A one-time work, one-time atonement, and the cross is empty because he he rose from the grave and, and the work, the atonement, is done. One time. You don't earn anything. The work is done, the cross is empty. That's the preaching of the cross. Not the preaching of the continual working atonement. So, make sure it's an empty cross. Crucifixes are pagan. Crucifixes are Roman Catholic. If you have a crucifix, throw it in the garbage. It's not. It's not of God. So there you go. So yeah, if you want, if you want something, you want to wear it, go for it. Nothing wrong with that. Because as we also understand, as we also understand that this, this doesn't protect me. This has no magical powers. It does nothing. It doesn't chase away devils. You can't you know, make the sign of a cross and scare away a demon. You can't do that. That's, that's mystic enchantment. You are mystically enchanting an object thinking that this has special magical divine powers and can do things. No, it can't. It's a hunk of metal in the shape of a cross. It's like a license plate. It's a billboard. It's a symbol that signifies the doctrine that I believe in. That's all it is. Like a ring in marriage this the ring in marriage this born again christianity that's basically the symbolism okay all right so there you go that's that i I hope that wraps that up we got to wrap it up there folks i'm starting to get a little burned out and i want to be careful with that we've been going for two and a half hours that's good enough Okay, so there you go. We covered a lot of ground, a lot of a lot of stuff here. So please make sure and give this a like, give this a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, hit notification bell icons. You know, we put up new videos and check out all our other goodies, all our other uh, playlists. we got tons of stuff. As I mentioned, please go check out the playlist according to the Bible and watch the videos in there. Ton of stuff in there and we cover a lot of ground. Um, Also, as I was talking about earlier about uh, the history of the Roman Catholic cult, um, there's a video that I would recommend that you watch. Um, You want to go over to the playlist, What They Actually Believe. Okay, It's called What They Actually Believe. Scroll down. It's a fair ways down. You'll see a video. What they actually be in, under what they actually believe. Scroll down. You'll find a video, the real history of the evil Roman Catholic Church. Please watch that video. I highly recommend you watch that video, uh, the real history of the evil Roman Catholic Church. If you can't find it, let me know. I'll dig it up and send it to you. Okay. So it's under what they actually believe playlist. Scroll down. Fairways down, and uh, it says the real history of the evil Roman Catholic Church. Please give that a watch. Um, Olga says doing animal sacrifice to the Lord nowadays is also wrong. Yeah, that because they don't believe in the one time sacrifice, the one time atonement of Jesus. He is the Lamb of God, uh, the the uh, the one time shedding of blood, as the Bible talks about the, uh, for the sins of sins of all. Uh, that no further sacrifices are necessary uh, It's only by the shedding of christ is all all is dealt with yeah and if you're thinking you still have to sacrifice something then you do not believe in the gospel of jesus christ so anybody who still does those kinds of things get away from them as far and fast as you can so yeah all right so there you go folks so with that we will wrapped it up there and check out our website we got tons of stuff uh, over there, links to all other platforms and all other kinds of goodies. Check out the merchandise link as well. It shows you the link to our Redbubble shop and the Etsy shop. Got tons of good stuff in there, uh, Christian uh, memorabilia and uh, tons of stuff there. Please go check that out. And with that, we'll wrap that up. God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love His Holy Word. And I just remembered, I had a couple things I wanted to show you. Keep that close, that close to wrapping it up. All right, so there's this. I thought this is hilarious. Now this is a, a screenshot from the movie Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston from the '50s, and this is uh, the guy who plays Ramses who becomes Pharaoh. Spoiler alert! Uh, becomes Pharaoh in the film, and I love the header the, the Pharaoh seeing us all freak out over just one plague. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> alright and uh, I had this one I was going to use this one earlier and I completely forgot when the state commands that which God forbids or forbids that which God commands we must obey God rather than men keep that in mind as well with our crazy day and age and all the stuff going on we obey the word of God and if someone says anything that contradicts the word of God we obey God rather than men it doesn't matter what they think God bless you. God bless everybody. Amen. Amen. And we have this one. It kind of goes hand in hand with, uh, yeah, Yule Brenner. Yes, thank you. Uh, this, this, this one. It mirrors me. I, I always get that messed up. Uh, this, <laughs> this one. I wrote this one up a while ago and put this on Instagram. Uh, it kind of goes hand in hand with what we were talking about today to accept, reject, or modify scripture to, to fit your feelings and opinions, watering down sin, opening the gates of heaven to be more inclusive of other beliefs, you're kicking the Lord God out of scripture and replacing him with yourself. Give that some thought. Very true. This is also why it's so important, as the question was earlier, is why is it so important to believe in the deity of Jesus Christ for salvation? Because not one single other belief system of the entire world believes that Jesus is Almighty God manifested in the flesh. Not one single other belief system in the entire world believes that Jesus is Almighty God manifested in the flesh. That's why it's so important. So there you go. Just some things there. All right, folks. So with that, we'll wrap that up. God bless you. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.